This summer, we get to set down our fear and anxiety and open up to travel and gathering and hugging again. So I know that you and I are going to be spending time outside and getting back to all the activities that make us better versions of ourselves. That's why I've put together a new podcast series for you called Your Upgraded Summer. These are top 10 all-time Bulletproof Radio episodes edited for you in a new way to be only 30 minutes so they work for you when you're spending your time outside. You're going to learn how to improve your nutrition, your sleep, your brain, your gut, your hormones, your immune system, and your energy. And these are the things that people most wanted to hear, the most popular topics. Listen to one, listen to a handful, listen to all 10, but know that you'll be joining millions of people who enjoyed this content the most and asked for more. Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. You might know, uh, because of my incredibly predictable habit of foreshadowing, that we might be talking about nutrition and we might be talking about health uh, of uh, of children uh, as well as you know, with with adults. Uh, in this case, with uh, uh, just a, a luminary in the field, an international speaker on brain chemistry and behavior, on learning and mental health disorders. And uh, a guy who spent three decades as a research scientist and engineer looking at how you can fix brains, even brains with bipolar disorder, using nutrients and foods. And we're talking about none other than Dr. Bill Walsh of the Walsh Research Institute. Bill, welcome back to Bulletproof Radio. Well, hi, Dave. Glad to be with you. Last time you came on the show, we talked about Nutrient Power, uh, your most recent book that talks about things like methylation and biochemical imbalances. Uh, but that was about 400 episodes ago. <laughs> that was, yes. And you've been continuing to do your work, um, really an incredible work on nutrients. And you've, I think, discovered some new things or maybe just had more clarity on things around uh, some of the more difficult to treat and scary things like bipolar disorder, I would love to know, uh, what, what have you discovered since we last talked? Since, since we last talked, which was a really long time ago, uh, we have learned a lot. Neuroscience advances. And my, my interest has always been on the brain and on people with brain disorders, depression, anxiety, autism, schizophrenia, the whole litany of brain science. And um, my, my focus has to work has to be on the neurotransmitters themselves and uh there are about more than 100 neurotransmitters in the brain uh, of which there are about five or six that seem to be especially important in, in mental disorders that for the first time in the last 10 years we now are able with nutrients to to directly affect neurotransmission of many of the most important neurotransmitters for example with with um with serotonin, we know that people with low serotonin activity are prone and predisposed to depression and, and obsessive compulsive disorder and a few other nasty problems. Uh, we, we now are learning that uh, for years people thought, hey, what you really need to do if you're low in serotonin is, is get tryptophan and, and take nutrients that help you synthesize the neurotransmitters. Well, it turns out that's not a bad idea, but really the, the, dominant, the dominant factor is reuptake, the rate at which your, neurotra- your, your, your serotonin in the synapse goes back into the original neuron. It's called reuptake. And, and uh, we now 
with the advent of epigenetics and knowledge, we now can tailor neurotransmission with nutrients. And we're really quite good at that for, for serotonin and dopamine and norepinephrine. But what's really new is the recent research on the NMDA receptor, that whole system, that's where memory exists. And that's where, and that's where um, people who have uh, problems with their NMDA are the ones who are, are, are prone to addictions and obsessive compulsive disorder. We, uh, for many years, for more than 25 years, we discouraged uh, drug addicts like cocaine addicts uh, and heroin um, people who were abusing alcohol or alcohol or these substances. Uh, we discouraged them from coming to the clinic. We now know, we now, because of advanced science, we now know how we can help them. And, uh, and it all has to do with the NMDA. If they, they that particular group of people, uh, they're, they, they need to reduce the activity of that neurotransmitter. And guess what works the best? People have been trying for years to find a billion-dollar drug that would really help them. They're finding that there are nutrients that seem to be far better than that. Things like N-acetylcysteine, for example. <laughs> but there's something else we now know. It's something called an anti-porter. What happens is it, it has a unique capability to lower NMDA activity, it, it works on the glial cells that surround neurons. It acts as what's known as an anti-porter. It shoves cysteine into the into the into the glial cells and and shoves glutamate into the synapse. A lot of the anti-aging drugs and some of the the nootropics, the cognitive enhancers that I've been using for quite a while, they're NMDA receptor agonists, or they 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 change the NMDA thing. So if you want to live a long time, you want to raise your IQ, or you just want to run at the level that your body is designed to run, but may not be in MDA, it's probably as important as some of these other neurotransmitters like acetylcholine that we've maybe all heard of, If at least if you've dabbled in nutrients, you've probably heard of that. Do you agree it's that important? Yeah, NMDA is where memory resides, the, the miracle of memory, and, and, and we're beginning to understand how one, how one can actually uh, have memory, and there's something called memory extinction that resides in the NMDA and that's what the problem that, that addicts and, and OCD people have. It's a matter of be, getting able to transition from one thing to another and sort of get rid of the memories you don't want to retain and, and actions you don't want to repeat. It's also where plasticity comes. We've, we, people are really looking at plasticity to, to help the brain improve in many ways. That's all in the NMDA receptor and it's a, it's a, we're learning that it has everything to do with the neurons at the NMDA receptors, and, but also the partnership with glial cells. That, that's another major advance in neuroscience. We're now knowing that, um, that the glial cells are almost like another brain. And we have as many glial cells in our brain as we do neurons, and they collaborate in marvelous ways. And wow, is that leading to better and better understanding and better therapies? I'm so happy that you're talking about glial cells uh, because uh, in my, my last, or I guess two books ago, Headstrong, I went sort of deep on that. And I look at glial cells in a very simplistic way as being sort of the, the cells responsible for the immune system in the brain, but also for, for pruning synapses and for maintenance. And a lot of the, the current uh, revolution in ketosis it, it paralleled a lot of the early writing that I had done on ketosis as a state of high performance. And ketones 
feed neurons better than sugar does, better than glucose. Neurons will preferentially eat ketones. There's just one little problem. If you're in ketosis all the time, guess what likes glucose a lot more than uh, than ketones? It's your glial cells, right? So you can starve the glial cells if you never eat carbs. And this is why cycling in and out of ketosis might be good. Adding ketones like brain octane to your food, that's a good idea, maybe, at least I think it is. But the the idea that you're going to never eat a carb again, <laughs> what's that no. going to do? I mean, you, you tell me, <laughs> Bill. Right. Zero carb diet is not a good idea. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we, 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 we evolved from the caveman and, 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 uh, and, and, and of course, uh, to do something that radically changes that original diet that people had for millions and millions of years is not a good idea because our body is adapted and, and to, to that. And uh, the glial cells are really interesting because, first of all, that's where our brain cells come from. Neurons come from glial cells. And we, I've often wondered, uh, we have these 80 billion brain cells, and yet they're being nourished every day. Nutrients come in and, and trash leaves. Well, guess how it happens? Well, the glial cells do that. The glial cells, especially the astrocytes, which are a form of the glial cells, they've got end feet that wrap around our blood capillaries, and, and they have gap junctions, and there's a, a really great uh, system whereby the nutrients from your blood flow through those glial cells right into the neurons. And, and the, the microglia, the form of glial cells that are tiny, well, those are the ones that, that, that are the uh, immune system, and they also are the trash collectors and the garbage collectors that get the junk out of the brain. And then you got the, the oligodendrocytes with this funny name, and they're the guys that make the myelin sheath. And um, it's just a... It's, the, they have to rewrite the neuroscience books. I just bought a book called The Neuron, and it's, it's a famous book. It's about the third edition, and it just came out, and I started reading it, and it's obsolete already. <laughs> it's obsolete. Uh, it's, it's so exciting. The field of, of, uh, of brain science is moving so fast. The, the disappointing thing, the disappointing thing is that, uh, uh, that it's not leading quickly into, into therapy. And it seems like all the research is still aimed at finding the next billion dollar drug that can help people. And uh, we now have enough knowledge that uh, from, from the new research, when you put it all together, we're, we're learning that uh, with nutrients uh, and, 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 and with diet even, we, we can make radical improvements in, in, in people with depression and anxiety and problems like that. And, and that we don't necessarily need a, a drug. Are we going to be normalizing the brain using uh, lasers, electrical stimulation, neurofeedback, and uh, and some combination of, of nutrients and food that's personalized based on genetics and epigenetics and uh, other things like that? Like, what, what does the future look like? I'm asking because you have 30 years of yeah. experience. Your your lens is is more honed by wisdom uh, than the average person. And you also discovered that nutrient deficiencies are tied <laughs> to uh, emotional disturbances uh, and, and mental illness. So given your lens, you're probably the best guy I could think of to ask what, what it's going to look like in 20 years. I think that the next big real breakthrough is going to be preserving the integrity of our DNA. I think that's going to be the really big thing. And, and when, that, when we learn how to do that, 
we're going we're going to uh, I think that that conditions such as autism, schizophrenia, post traumatic stress disorder, I think they're going to disappear from society. There are diseases and conditions that I call epigenetic disorders, mm-hmm. and 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 these include cancer, heart disease, schizophrenia, and autism, and bipolar, and a few others. And these are incredibly complex diseases, and they occur because of environmental insults, usually together with a with a, a genetic predisposition, and and and, uh, and and it's an event. Cancer is really an event where uh, where suddenly your DNA gets overwhelmed, usually by oxidative stress, excessive oxidative stress operating on the guanine part of your DNA, which is the, the weak link in your DNA. And it changes. It can change uh, dozens or hundreds of genes. And so then you have a condition like cancer. And when that happens, you then have a cancer stem cell that nobody can get rid of. And uh, anyhow, we're understanding exactly why this happens. And uh, I think what it's really leading to more than anything is prevention. Do you still stand by your, we're going to live to 150 to 200 years, given the decline in food quality, soil quality, air quality, water quality, et cetera, et cetera? Well, I think uh, I'm optimistic. And the reason is I think think we can sharpen our protection against those nasty guys. Uh, We we know what the protectors are. And most of them are genetically, some of them are are things that you can give uh, nutritionally. But some of them also, and some of the nutrients can affect gene expression that can really sharpen our defense. So, so what are some things that people listening today might do in order to strengthen their defenses, given what we know? What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Well, the first thing is to recognize that is that every human being is biochemically unique. And uh, for, for many years, I thought the biggest problem was deficiencies. And it was just a matter of finding out what you're low in and providing these really important nutrients that you're missing. But well, one of the, probably the first thing I learned that really surprised me in working with hundreds of, and then later thousands of, of patients was that the greatest mischief is caused by nutrients that are in overload. Right. And, and things like, like copper. Uh, like copper, yeah. If you we we have a beautiful system that's supposed to regulate copper in our body. So even if you choose chewed on a copper bar, you'd be normal in your bloodstream. But if you can't do that and your copper escalates, that's why people get postpartum depression, causes anxiety. It's associated with with violent behavior, mental illness. Uh, about four years ago, I got really frustrated about bipolar disorder. 
And the main reason is I didn't understand it. I had more than 1,600 patients that I saw with my doc, with our doctors with bipolar, but I didn't understand it. And, and that when I wrote my book, I had a chapter on schizophrenia, on, on autism, on behavior. I did not have a chapter on bipolar. I didn't think I knew enough about it to write a chapter. So I decided to delve into it. And I, I spent years studying neuroscience around the world. And guess what I found? I, I believe I have discovered exactly what it is. There's all these mysteries of bipolar that, that have plagued people for more than 100 years. For example, people don't understand why, why it's a, a late onset disorder. It usually comes after the age of 16. And it often comes suddenly. And once a person develops bipolar disorder, it doesn't go away. It's there as a problem to challenge the rest of their lives. And why, for heaven's sakes, do they suddenly start with mania? Why does the mania get worse early on? And then why do they cycle or why do they switch between mania and then sort of an opposite condition of depression? After several years of doing this, I think it's all right there. The neuroscientists have that the answers and we have, uh, I believe, we have solved all the mysteries of bipolar, and we now know exactly what it is. And I'm, I'm writing a book on it. And I, I went to the annual meeting of the, of the APA, the world's, you know, the big meeting of the world's psychiatrists, and I presented this in a new research section. And uh, I was really disappointed. Nobody seemed to care a lot. <laughs> a psychiatrist would come up to me and say, well, this is really interesting, but I've got this patient coming next week who's got bipolar disorder or, or schizophrenia, um, how is this going to help them? Well, the answer is no. Uh, we, what we've, we now understand what causes it. We know the mechanisms, and, and this should lead directly to far better therapies. And so, all right, so a lot of people, okay, maybe have a little bit of this going on, uh, even if you know, you're, you're not bipolar, but, but a lot of us have some problems with the electrical potential in our brains. I, I think it's, well, 48% of people under age 40 have uh, mitochondrial dysfunction, and everyone over age 40 has some of it, um, unless they're doing radical things like I am. Uh, and maybe I still have some too. I probably do, given my 300 pounds of, of former obesity and my health history. But is this something that you could solve just by having more salt? I mean, sodium potassium no. ratios seem pretty important. Un I mean, just <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Uh, basically, <laughs> it's hard to fight an enemy if you don't know who it is. If you don't know who an enemy is or what it is, it's really hard to combat it and fight it. I think what our, our contribution is that we've now unveiled what it really is. We've, okay. I think we've now disclosed what it is. And I think it's going to take researchers and, and clinicians. I think it's going to lead to greatly improved therapies. I, I do believe that the real answer will be in prevention. And the reason is we now understand why bipolar strikes and why it strikes uh, late onset, and like, and, and, and we all, I think we already have lab tests that can identify people who are about to become bipolar, and we know how with nutrient therapy to prevent it. So I think what that's, are, that's what's coming, I think. What are the nutrients that work when it's about to happen? Primarily antioxidants. Uh, See, what, what happens is that the weak link in your DNA, for some people who are predisposed to this problem, is the guanine. Well, we have 30 trillion of these uh, uh, DNAs containing that. That's one of the four nucleotides that make up DNA. And, and when that starts to deteriorate, it shows up in a bloodstream. 
One of the things that that is of concern to me, and there's some pretty good studies out there that show, uh, I think the technical term is willy-nilly use of antioxidants. It, it reduces uh, the beneficial impact of exercise because you, you never get the oxidative wave that comes from lifting heavy things or sprinting because the antioxidants you took orally took away the pro-oxidants, like, like a brief exposure to high oxidative stress, like with ozone therapy, causes your cells to get healthier. Yeah. Are you concerned that that you know chronic use of antioxidants uh, without an opposing force might have negative effects? Well, I'm 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 absolutely certain that exercise is going to continue to be essential to everybody. Um, I'm not. No, I'm not. I think I think that's a good question, but I, I don't I don't worry about that. I don't worry about that. And and and, and even if even if that was a real threat to well being, I think you could you could alternate, couldn't you? That, yeah, that's what I do. Actually, I, I don't I don't overwhelm myself with antioxidants every day, uh, and sometimes I intentionally expose myself to more oxidants. It's the chronic ones or having uh, pollutants in your body, like heavy metals, th- things that are creating just free radicals, uh, having glyphosate incorporated into your collagen matrix because you still eat industrial animal products instead of pastured ones. I think things like that that are chronic are just horribly destructive. But, you know, occasionally telling yourselves, if you can't make antioxidants, could you just die already and make some fresh cells that can make antioxidants? That, that seems like a good strategy. <laughs> it does. And, and, and uh, some people simply don't make enough natural antioxidants. Yeah. And they're the ones who die young and develop all kinds of diseases. And I, I, I think that good, the good news is nutrient supplements can, can, do, can do that job for us. Uh, I, I think that at this point, uh, it, if you're in a position to be able to listen to a podcast, which puts you in rarefied air uh, amongst all humans on the planet, <laughs> yeah. um, that you probably ought to be taking your basic supplements. Uh, you know, if you're not getting your magnesium and, and things like vitamin D, uh, vitamin A, uh, vitamin K, and uh, uh, certainly the right forms of vitamin E, probably the gamma form, uh, it <laughs> you're, you're just missing on a low hanging fruit that has a high likelihood of being beneficial, but isn't terribly expensive compared to any of the bad effects of not having those. Uh, do you agree with that assessment? It sounds like you would, but almost, almost. I, I agree with it with respect to certain nutrients, okay. but there are some nutrients that can cause mischief ah, like and, which ones? in some people. For, for example, folates, yes. folic acid, vitally important. However, uh, if a person has, uh, has uh, low serotonin depression or obsessive compulsive disorder or a movement disorder, It'll make them worse. Supplements of that will make them worse. So there are there is a handful, maybe six or eight nutrients you have to be really careful of. Uh, but in general, what I, I agree with what you said in general, with a few, with a few of these exceptions, you also would not want to do any methylation therapies on people who are born with overmethylation. Eight percent of Americans are born genetically with too much methylation. So you wouldn't want they they would be uh, they could be harmed by things like methionine or samine. And these are, whereas people who have too little methylation capability, that would be like mother's milk for them. Uh, one mindset, and it's kind of a long question for you, but one mindset that I started with was I'm only going to test one thing at a time. And I realized there's more things that exist than I have months in my life to try them. That's right. So, so I started saying, I'm going to try the things that all push this pathway in the same direction to see if I get a result. And then I can stop taking some of them. Do you like that? That kind of what I call a pragmatic, multifaceted approach, or are you a single nutrient at a time kind of guy? I'm not, uh, um, and I, I think if you did every lab test you could do, you wouldn't have a drop of blood left. And you, wouldn't, 
<laughs> and you wouldn't have any money left. Yes. Uh, you have to you have to prioritize. And, and with respect to supplement combinations, I think I think targeted uh, su- supplement formulations are a great idea. Yeah. For athletic enhancement, for muscle development, growth, uh, anxiety, I think that that's a great thing. I just don't like. I don't approve of the multiples that are one size fit all for everybody. So I think we agree on that. Okay. So at, how is one per, one person who doesn't have a thousand dollars to spend on lab tests and carefully doing a bunch of stuff? Let, let's let me put it this way. You're on a budget. You have 50 bucks a month to spend on supplements to make yourself okay. function better. How would you possibly prioritize that without lab tests? Well, hopefully the person uh, you're talking about is reasonably intelligent and has a computer and knows how to use it. Those and are the, what I would do. Those are the listeners I, of the show. All right. You, you got and, all and, li- <laughs> and listen to podcasts like yours and others and, 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 and try to identify maybe the five or six or the 10 most promising nutrients that might help them. And then to try them one by one and see if if it really makes a difference in their life. If you were to go out and do that, you might screw something up. But if you don't do that and you continue eating whatever the heck it is you eat, you're already doing the same thing. You just did it without any knowledge of what's going in. So either way, you're putting something in your body. Maybe you can increase the odds of what you put in your body doing the right thing for you with just a little bit of research. And that's been the foundation for me that, that helped me turn that, that corner from weighing 300 pounds and having a brain that didn't work. <laughs> I, I think we should all try to find out who we are, who we are yeah. nutritionally. I, I love that advice. If there was one lab test that you could suggest for people, the first lab test to get, what would it be? I would start with plasma zinc. Interesting. Plasma okay. zinc. And the reason is that so many Americans are low in zinc it has so much to do with 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 health, and and with biochemistry and brain function and physical function. Um, I've I've learned that the average person who comes to our cl- our, our clinical processes, and I've now investigated more than thirty thousand of them, the the median zinc level of those people is seventy six micrograms per deciliter, which is really low. Every one of those people would be better off and healthier if they if they normalize their zinc. Now, many people get all the zinc they need from their diet. Many people get the zinc they need from supplements. Um, but I, I think if you're going to do one test, I would do a zinc test because if you're if you're low in zinc, that means your chance of getting cancer, chance of becoming uh, uh, de- developing dementia, chance of developing heart disease is much greater. And I, I think it's just um, I, I would guess that probably half of Americans would benefit from more zinc. And so if you can only do one test, it'd be good to find out if, if, that, if you have that problem or not. How do you know that when someone takes uh, copper or zinc or anything else, where it goes in the body? Do you think we know enough about that? Every, every five years uh, or so, the zinc experts of the world get together and they try to identify the best test that'll identify uh, normality or a healthy level of zinc. And they, they have a, like, there's like nine different tests you could do. The one on the very bottom is the taste test, because if you if you're zinc deficient, your taste is not is not very 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 act, accurate. Um, and right now, the the if, if it's zinc, uh, we know that they, they continue to say the plasma zinc is the best, but red pack cells is number two, and you get different information. Yeah, so the, there's still some uh, some mysteries out there, and what I'm most excited about for the future is that 
our ability to do correlative analysis with machine learning and artificial intelligence is so good. Pretty soon we'll be able to say, if your levels of this are high and your genes look like this, your levels of that will be low. We don't need to draw a lab test. How long do you think you're going to live with a highly functioning brain? Well, of course, I'm, I'm not uh, happy about the prospect that someday I may, my brain may turn to graham crackers. Um, <laughs> uh, if, you, if you're asked about me personally, I'd be happy with another 15 years. Another I'm pretty old. Years. Got it. Uh, and even with all the nutrient knowledge you have, you know, the ability to balance your brain, the ability to manage all these things, you think, you think 15 years? I don't know. I'm just happy with every day. All right. I, gratitude's great. But I, I would just encourage you because uh, if, I don't think you're done contributing yet. Um, bump your number up a little bit. <laughs> I think I have reverse Alzheimer's because I'm, I'm having trouble remembering things that happened 50 years ago. But when I study neuroscience and new things, it seems to stick faster than ever. Ah, so beautiful. I, <laughs> well, keep studying. Keep writing, uh, Dr. Walsh. Uh, I'm truly a fan of your work. You've, uh, you've done some things that really have alleviated massive amounts of human suffering and helped a lot of people who, who felt like there was no hope. And uh, people who are under-methylated like me uh, definitely benefit from, uh, from the knowledge that you brought forth. And I, I think there's, there's a wave of, of change that will happen even in our penal system when we realize what happens if we fix the nutrients of the people who are incarcerated. And there's so much derivative work that will come based on some of the original discoveries that you've made and are still making. So just keep it up. And thanks for your thanks for your help. Oh, you're so welcome. Your info, you're at walshinstitute.org. If people can find a list of the 600 and something uh, doctors that you've, you've trained in your techniques at the website. Yes, we have. And we have a lot of uh, YouTubes and podcasts and things. Hopefully um, people can learn about yours and, and all the others we've done. Uh, we've already had, um, I think a couple of years ago, we got to the point where more than a million people had listened to uh, one, one of our informational lectures. Beautiful. Well, keep doing what you do, walshinstitute.org. And thanks again. Well, thank you, Dave. Good talking to you. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.